What's up, guys? Max here, back with a brand new episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you're all doing great out there, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, especially if you're out on the East Coast in Pittsburgh, where it's apparently below freezing temperatures. Sam and Ark Hunkel, I hope you guys are doing okay out there. Bricktown Media, what's up? Welcome to the show. Eviana, thanks for being early. Harry Lime Pie, Sam, I am MC. Justin, welcome everybody who hasn't checked in yet to the chat. Thank you guys all for being here today. We have a jam-packed show. Today's show is epic. It's going to be huge. We have so many stories to cover today. I have so many tabs open. I can't even like read the preview on the tab because we have so many stories to get to. So we have some really cool stuff to talk about. Marines taking heavy L's out there. Some army crime stories. No shocker there. We've got something out of Black Rifle Coffee that I hope is going to have you guys really excited and a lot more to talk about, including what happened in Virginia yesterday with a big vote. So for all the Republican conservative listeners out there, congratulations to you guys. I'm sure you're celebrating a big victory uh, in the election yesterday, which is pretty cool. We're going to talk about one of the candidates today. I hope you guys are all doing well. Thanks to everybody listening on the podcast and everybody listening on TikTok. I, uh, I got to say, I posted yesterday's episode, the preview that I make on TikTok. I'm going to show you guys that in a second. Don't worry. Hang in there. You'll get to see it. And, uh, and it, it drew some interesting comments. Some people did not like what I had to say about military police. Some people did not like that. I called them narcs. Now, on TikTok, they only heard a, that one comment, and I knew it would be, uh, I knew it would be provocative, but it's just all in good fun. I worked with so many cool military police in the when I was in the Navy. I worked with cool MAs. They protected us on the USNS bridge. They do their thing. They protect the gate. They protect all bases everywhere. They're doing good work out there. They uh, are arresting drug dealers in the barracks. I worked with military police in the Army who worked with military working dogs, MWDs, who saved our lives in Afghanistan and Iraq and all that stuff. So... Trust me, I got much love for the military police out there doing their thing. But I was just saying, and I'm and I'm going to double down on my comments a little bit here, which is when you join the military as a military police, you're joining as a cop. You don't know what you're going to be doing. You're like, I just want to be a cop in the military and bust those bad apples. And we all know the stereotype when people come out of master at arms, a, uh, a school and they're an MASN, a master at arms seaman. They come in there with their badge like they own the place, like there's some kind of top dog. They're just looking down on you for your uniform infractions and your, you know, expired base registration stickers and all that stuff. We've all been there. We all know what I'm talking about. To say otherwise is being a little dishonest. Now, here's something interesting, okay? I got to tell you guys, um, I'm about to start posting my content on Rumble. Just get ready. I, I mean, I'm telling you. The stuff that gets censored online, if I post a YouTube video about the military, it involves, you know, politics, COVID, anything like that. This stuff just gets shut down so fast. So yesterday, here's my about, here's today's about yesterday. I post yesterday's TikTok, which I do, and I've been getting great numbers. I'm about to surpass TikTok followers over my YouTube subscribers, which is crazy. Uh, I love you guys on YouTube. This is where home is, but I post on TikTok and I got 35,000 views so far on yesterday's TikTok. And let me kind of show you guys this. Uh, this is my TikTok. I'm signed out right now. So this is my TikTok. It's got 5,000 likes, 46 comments. It's got over 35,000 views last I checked on my account here. This is my TikTok. This is what I post. After I'm after I do the show, I make TikTok of all the like headlines and I post them. So if you guys have not seen my TikTok, this is it. This video got reported to TikTok for being too violent. Too violent. And uh, and and if you guys saw yesterday's episode, you're probably going, "Excuse me." That's what I said when I saw that. So I appealed it and they uh, they they put it back up because my appeal, obviously, it's not too violent. So this is the video that I posted on TikTok yesterday that was called too violent for their community standards. All three active duty Marine law enforcement battalions are now deactivated. Although I've never been a big fan of military police, to be totally honest with you guys. You joined the military to become a narc Navy that probably investigation. Got me reported says nuclear submarine struck uncharted undersea mountain can you say cover up army maybe it was that one <laughs> it will promote ncos next year before they finish their required education courses i just thought this would be a fun one to talk about 
Senators urge DOD, VA to research link between burn pit exposure and breast cancer Maybe because there appears to be on the a significant link. Do you guys think that you guys could take a look at that and then the VA straight up like... No. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. Former VA Medical Center supervisor sentenced in $200,000 kickback scheme you know, money under the table directly into their own pockets. What is going on here? Two airmen killed in head-on collision in Colorado. Damn it. I hate these stories. Vehicle collision kills U.S. service member, wife, and child. Sad. Near sad. Camp Humphreys in South Korea. Air Force colonel claims she was fired for refusing to order her subordinates to get COVID vaccine. I was not expecting this. So Three. that... So that, let me shut this down. That was too violent for TikTok. I know it's haters. I know it's the haters are going to hate and the ainers are going to hate. Ain't. They hate us because they ain't us. And, uh, and that's that, you know, that's the truth. But that video got took down from TikTok for being too violent. How crazy is that? Just the internet's so wild right now. Bricktown Media, congratulations. Being a member for two months of Shellback. Happy to see my money is going to fund your brand of violence. Keep kicking ass, Seabass. I love it. I love it. Shout out to Bricktown for being a member for two months. That's awesome. As a reminder, guys, memberships are a great way to go. Memberships and patron are great ways to go because you get access to all the live stream replays, early content, behind the scenes content, all that stuff that, uh, that you just don't get if you're just a regular, if you're not subscribed otherwise. If you're not a, if you're not a member or a patron, all you can do to go back and watch old episodes is go to the podcast, which is free and it'll always be free. So what's up to, let's see, oh, MC, oh my goodness, stay warm. I have a heated blanket on, but it's not so nearly as cold. Uh, R. Kunkel, what's up? Welcome to the chat. Ed, what's up? Sir Nuggets in the house. Everybody who's here. Alex, what's up? Way too violent. That's why I deleted social media. Not even Instagram MC. Yes, everybody's getting off social media. So Justin says, but that's just haters uh, hating and flagging your stuff. It's not the platform. Yes, but you know what the you know what the problem is? And I'll just tell you guys really quick, and then we're gonna bust into today's stories because we have so many to get to. Here's the actual problem: is that I'm in Okinawa. I post my TikToks strategically at around 9.30 p.m. when we're going to sleep, 8.30 in the morning, United States time. So when I woke up randomly, just, you know, got to get Rob Sweetman on the show to talk about this. But when I woke up randomly at like three o'clock in the morning, my video had already been down for a few hours. So that time that my video would have been circulating, being seen by people, it was down and I'm asleep. I can't do anything about it. So these like automatic takedowns are, they're killing somebody like me. People go on there, they just decide for whatever reason, either algorithmically or somebody reported it. It's hard for me to tell. I just got a notification that said my video has been flagged for, you know, going against community standards or whatever. And it was taken down until I appealed it. And then, it, you know, luckily about 20 minutes later after the appeal, it was back online and it's still doing well. But that stuff is killing somebody like me. I'm trying to grow my content here on online. Obviously, this is where I exist is online. That's where people go to find me. So it's uh, it's not ideal for me to have to deal with stuff like that. So let's get into today's stories and see if I can get banned for being too violent on today's episode. This one might get me there. We're going to start off with one that might just get me there. And let's get the chat going on this one. U.S. Army veteran sentenced to 25 years for plotting to bomb, bomb a 2019 rally. What? It says here, U.S. Army veteran has been sentenced to 25 years in federal prison for plotting to bomb a 2019 rally in Long Beach, California. Mark Stephen Domingo, 28, of Rosita, was sentenced Monday, the Department of Justice announced Tuesday. He was convicted of in August of plotting to bomb a California white nationalist rally in 2019. So it's a white nationalist rally is what they're calling it. I don't think it says what the group here specifically that was having this rally. So it's hard to say what is a white nationalist rally. It could have been like Dan Crenshaw going to California and they call it a white nationalist rally or something like that. Hard to say. This is from UPI.com. The Justice Department said in a statement that he was found guilty of providing material support to terrorism and attempting to use a weapon of mass destruction. Get them WMDs. The Army veteran who had been deployed to Afghanistan was arrested on April 26, 2019. Was it April 
1992. Was it April 23rd? April 23rd, 1992? Sublime. Authorities began to investigate Domingo based on posts he made online in March 2019. And I remember this calling for retribution following the shooting deaths of 51 people by a white nationalist at two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand. If you guys ever saw that video or remember that story, horrible, absolutely horrible event there. I saw the video. It was absolutely terrible. It was sick. But we're talking about he wanted to attack Americans for something that happened in New Zealand because he believes it's part of the same ideology. And that's obviously a reasonable thing to think if you're an unreasonable person that you should, you know, take, you know, re retaliate for something that happened in New Zealand, something very upsetting. I'll definitely give him that. But he was just going to go, you know, WMD this rally. According to court documents and evidence presented at the trial, investigation into Domingo was prompted by Domingo's online posts and conversations in an online forum. Just don't go to online forums if you're alive. If you're alive, if you're currently alive, don't go to online forums. That's pretty easy to, to work out. In which he expressed support for violence, specifically a desire to seek violent retribution for attacks against Muslims and a willingness to become a martyr. So you don't use words like martyr either because that makes you sound like a extremist, like a religious extremist when you say that. Domingo decided to bomb, and I don't know if he was or wasn't. I don't think that it says here. It, it doesn't make any assertion that he was ISIS or an Islamic extremist, but he was a uh, he, he was considering himself a martyr, which leads me to believe he might have been going down that path. Domingo decided to bomb the Long Beach rally in April 2019 after discussing various targets, including Jewish people. So that makes sense. Churches and police officers, according to the statement. So this is not a a good guy. This is not somebody that you want to be like. This is not somebody that you want to praise. He's not obviously anti-white nationalist. He's a very bad dude. This is a bad guy. Not a good guy. Make no mistake about it. This guy doesn't have some kind of righteous, worthwhile ideology himself. He wants to kill Jews, churches, and police officers. Think about that. This is a this is probably I'm I'm now leaning towards he was some like a jihadist. He asked, some, he asked someone who was actually an undercover FBI agent to invite a bomb maker who ended up being another undercover agent, thank goodness for the FBI on this one, into the scheme and then provided them three and a half inch nails to use a shrapnel in the device because they were long enough to penetrate organs in the human body. So this is sicko stuff right here. This is some anarchist cookbook stuff. On April 26, 2019, Domingo received what he believed were two live bombs, but were actually inner, you know, make-believe bombs. He was arrested the same day with one of the bombs in his hands. He was definitely going to do it. So how does he get 20 years? How is this not a life sentence? If you ask me, some a terrorist, a straight-up terrorist, should be uh, getting life sentences. I don't know. Well, you guys tell me what you think, but uh, that's what I think. That's a, that's a bad dude right there. So for all the bad press the FBI has been getting, I want to give them one shout-out right there because they do these undercover uh, you know, prevention of domestic terrorism attacks on a regular basis. And we cover them on the show too, whenever I hear about them. This was a good one to take this guy down before he bombed a, a temple, a church, a police department. This is not a good dude. This is not, this guy's like, I hate, this guy's not like, I hate Nazis. This guy is a bad guy. Okay. I won't go as far as to say, I know that this is a terrorist, but everything that they're saying sounds like a terrorist. So you guys let me know what you think in the comments. I'm curious, 20 years. Is that enough? Was this guy a terrorist? How did this happen? How does an army veteran become like this? Leave me a comment with what you think. Let's see. Buford, Max, you are such a bad boy. Let's see, Max, you need to hire a stateside technician so you can, Oh, anybody interested? Justin, you interested? Um, I've been on Indeed search. Oh, you guys talking about LinkedIn? I've got a LinkedIn video coming out soon. I'm just worried when I publish that LinkedIn video, you guys won't have any time to watch me anymore because you're going to be spending all your time on LinkedIn after I show you this video. Don't support violence regardless of political parties. Leave the LBC alone, Bricktown says. Good call. Ain't nothing but drama in LBC. All this does is to help uh, the, them justify their side of the nonsense. Who's they, though? They were talking about probably some ISIS-type person here. I always thought a WMD was a Marine platoon. <laughs> nice, Ark Uncle. You mean the riots in LA? Yes. And all they need is a bolt-action rifle at 500 yards. Meanwhile, the military created Timothy McVeigh and Ted Kaczynski and Charles Manson. Sure, true. That's a good point. Uh, in Full Metal Jacket, they were celebrating those guys. 
Max, do you know what's in that book? Um, I don't know everything, uh, and I've never seen it myself. So I think that there's some stuff in there about using pressure cookers. I don't know. The dude is going to change his outlook on life in 20 years. We'll see. I wonder if he participated in the great insurrection. I don't think so, Ari Kunkel. I don't think he's that kind of guy. So we've got, uh, we have to keep moving through stories today, guys. We have to because there's so many stories to get to. Here we go. We've got this one right here. Hang on. Harry Lyon Pie just says, we need to make them do hard labor 25 years. Hard labor, that'll, that'll make you rethink uh, what you're about to do. We've got this story here, unfortunately, on the heels of the story out of uh, Camp Humphreys yesterday, the two car accidents. We've got this one. U.S. Army infantryman dies while on 90-day rotation to South Korea. That's tragic. Only there for 90 days and passes away. A U.S. Army infantryman died at a South Korean Army base on October 17th, the second ID announced in a news release Wednesday. Sergeant Joe Halfley, 33, of Pohnpei, uh, Federated States of Micronesia, served as a team leader with 3rd Battalion, 21st Infantry Regiment, 1st Striker Brigade Combat Team, 25th Int Infantry Division Army. Your units are so crazy. The command said his death is under investigation, but no foul play is suspected. He deployed to South Korea for 90 days while on a security forces company, according to 2nd ID. The unit regularly conducts security operations in conjunction with South Korean troops, so it was a not a foul play. They don't say a cause of death. His un the unit said in the statement it was deeply saddened by the loss. His contributions to the battalion and our nation were stalwart and will be greatly missed, said Lieutenant Colonel Josh Daly, the unit's commander. His family is in our prayers during that this difficult time. Halfley joined the Navy in, oh, I'm sorry, Halfley joined the Army in 2014 and it served at Fort Drum, New York and Fort Wainwright, Alaska. So that's breaking news out of the Army in South Korea. Second day in a row we're talking about people who, uh, who passed in South Korea, unfortunately. So it's a tough time out there. Tough time. That's rough. Sorry for his family. From Micronesia, joins the army, serves, you know, making a, sounds like making a career out of it and passes away. Sounds, of course, non-combat related. Sounds not, no foul play. So it could have been an accident. Could have been a vehicle, you know, ro Humvee rollover, something like that. I don't, I don't want to, I'm just throwing random things out there. Some kind of accident or medical condition or something like that. But you know, not combat related, not foul play. So no murder or anything like that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Nugget says, glad he was stopped. At least he didn't do it. Harry Line Pie, we need to make them do hard labor. Sam, I am turned big rocks into little rocks. Rest in, rest in peace, soldier. It was an honor to have you, sir. Uh, terrible Sam, I am says, MC, prayer hands. Why can't the army just be like HSC 23? So easy to say, Justin says. I know. Why can't it just be like, oh, I was on the Reagan. Uh, what, what command were you in in the, in the Navy? I was on the Reagan. I was in the 3rd Battalion, 2nd ID, 3rd Infantry, 24th, you know, Army, 3rd Brigade, Brigade uh, Division 8. I've totally lost track, man. What are you in? I'm supposed to know where you were stationed and all that stuff based on that? Very crazy. The numbers don't even make any sense to me. I don't know. If anybody out there knows how the Army breaks down our units with all those numbers and dealy boppers and all that stuff, then, you know, please let me know. Um... I just, I don't. For all the time I spent with the army, I'm just like, okay, cool. I, I'm just, tell me where to go. Tell me where to be. I'm trying to still have to like stare and figure out what everybody's rank. Just kicking my camera around, figure out what, what everybody's rank is. And, uh, and you know, so many chevrons and rockers and stars and wreaths and all. I mean, it never stops with the, with the army. So we've got, we are always talking about army crime. I put in the headline today, army crime, army true crime. I don't know. It's like, it's a staple of the show now. I, I look for like army true crime stories as a daily occurrence. I'm like, I got to find one in my, in my blotter here, in my list of, uh, of, of stories that I get, there's always something. But this story, this story that we're starting with here is Air Force. So we had army crime, we had the, uh, the terrorist guy before, but we've got Air Force crime today. Air Force crime. So it's not as common to cover a story about criminals out of the Air Force for the Scuttlebutt Show. But when we do, they usually go big. They usually go pretty big. Like go big or go home if you're Air Force. Fly high, fast. If you're going to crash, crash in a ball of flames, something like that. That's like the Air Force song or whatever. This guy chose to take that route. Travis Airman arrested in connection with the alleged murder of a 19-year-old woman. And look at this guy's picture here. Holy smokes. So this is 
Airman First Class Juan Para Peralta. And this is an active duty airman at Travis Air Force Base in Northern California who was arrested October 31st, Halloween, as part of a police investigation into a 19-year-old woman's death over Halloween weekend. Airman First Class Juan Para Peralta, 20 years old, faces an allegation of accessory to murder in the death of Leilani Bocamp, the Fairfield Police Department said Monday. Bocamp of Carmel was last seen leaving a Halloween party in Sacramento early in the morning of October 30th with Para Peralta and his roommate, another active duty airman assigned to Travis. Police spokesman Lieutenant Josiah Jacobson told Air Force Times. Jacobson declined to provide the name of the second airman, citing the ongoing investigation. Jesse Borb, identified as Para Peralta's roommate in local news reports, is not an airman assigned to Travis. The Fairfield Police Department received a missing person report for boat camp on the night of October 30th. The police department's online log shows two follow-up visits to a house on Cascade Lane in Fairfield, about two miles from Travis Air Force Base, on October 31st, around 1.30 a.m. and then 7.30 a.m. So they came there in the middle of the night. They probably said, uh, you know, you guys are probably just up to no good. It's Halloween, mischief night or whatever will bounce. But then they go back 7.30 in the morning, and that's a little weird to go back to a residence at 7.30 in the morning. An Air Force spokesperson confirmed the Cascade Lane residence is Para Peralta's home. Jacobson said the two visits may have been check-ins to see if anyone was home after the missing person report came in. Fairfield patrol officers, detectives, and members of Travis Air Force Base's Office of Special Investigations worked together, ultimately determining a homicide occurred at the residence on Cascade Lane, resulting in Leilani's death. So... A homicide, a murder. Law enforcement found Bo Camp's remains in Monterey County, more than 100 miles from the house. On October 31st, Jacobson declined to comment further on the homicide ruling or the human remains. Jesse Jessica Quintanilla, 21 of Pittsburgh, was arrested for the alleged murder. Her brother, Marco Quintanilla, 27, also of Pittsburgh, this is stories getting deep now, uh, is accused of accessory to murder and violating his parole. He was on parole following a felony conviction for attempted murder. It's unclear what relationship Para Peralta and the Quintanillas have or whether they knew Bocamp personally. Jacobson said the officers have a decent framework of how those involved knew each other, but declined to provide the, the details. Para Peralta posted bail and is currently reporting from duty, Major Amanda Farr, spokesman for the Air Mobility Wing, said. Our thoughts and deepest condolences are with family and friends of the victim. Para Peralta, a cargo special operations specialist with the 60th Aerial Port Squadron has been stationed at Travis March uh, since March 2020. He entered the Air Force in November 2019, so basically two years in the Air Force. The Airman has no previous record of disciplinary issues or no criminal record because it's pretty hard to get into the Air Force if you have a criminal record. The Air Force won't comment on the ongoing investigation, but said Para Peralta will be afforded the right to due process through the civilian justice system. Common sense, uh, you know, everybody would always say that. That makes sense. We will continue to support the lead agency in their investigation and take appropriate administrative actions if warranted. It is premature to speculate any future Air Force course of action from the Air Force spokesperson. The Solano County Superior Court referred questions to the Solano County Sheriff's Officers at GoFundMe for the missing person, which was uh, organized by Violet Giovanni, um, who, who was... Uh, Lonnie was her oldest daughter, so basically her mom. We will miss her smile, her laugh, her caring demeanor, her strong will, her passion for life, and the love she brought to our family. We love you, Leilani. So this sounds like some dark stuff here. These, this got mixed up somehow with all these different people and, and you know these connections that they had, and they leave the party with her, and he's got a roommate, and she goes missing and meets up with these other people, and then a homicide occurs. And I don't know. I've got questions. I'm sure you guys have questions, too. It sounds like, I don't know, and the fact that it happened on Halloween, was this some kind of like satanic cult or something like that? We will see as time goes on. I'll definitely follow up on this, but that is a pretty wild story out of the Air Force. That's the second Air Force homicide story we've had in the last couple months. The first one was that guy who stalked and killed the Mormon uh, girl because he hated Mormons or whatever. So the Air Force gets after it with those crimes too. Not good, not a Bravo Zulu. If he ends up being guilty, I hope he gets you know, life in prison, all that stuff, dishonorable discharge from the Air Force, they do their thing. It's just not good. I don't support that kind of stuff one bit at all. So not a good dude right there. And uh, it's interesting that I had to bring that story to you guys today. Nugget says, there should be a true crime podcast on this show, but it's on Army Crime. Yes. Smash the like button, Pro Hero says, smash it. Buford, I was in 66 ID, 187 BUDS, class 69, BUDS, class 69. Air Force, smart gone bad. Sam, I am. More yikes.
The dude almost looks proud of it, Sam I am says. Well, that doesn't look like a, um, a mug shot. That's his air, like an, a photo of him in his Air Force uniform. Regal says, a shark on whiskey is mighty risky. A shark on beer is a beer engineer. Interesting. All right. All right. I like it. Um, do a piece on Dante's Boneyard, Nick Beardius says. Uh, we talk about Dante's Boneyard sometimes. The audience knows who that is. Um, who is Nick Beardius, I wonder? Harry Limepie says, looks a little like Nikki. He does look a little like Nikki. RM, have you heard something about generals being put in multi-million dollar houses? Um, no, but that's not uncommon. Uh, I, I know high-ranking officers like here in Okinawa get beautiful homes uh, up on hills, generally on base, though. I've heard of people in other countries getting, you know, mansions, living out in town. In the United States, if you're a general, you get some kind of, you know, beautiful home. But one problem with being a flag officer is a lot of times you have to live on base. So, yeah, you have great accommodations, but they kind of make you live on base, which super duper sucks. Um, I don't know. Take it or leave it. We got we to gotta, gotta keep moving. I don't want to spend too much time on this story, but uh, or maybe I do. I don't know. I don't know. We got some weird stuff to talk about today, guys. I'm like, I'm tripping over my thoughts right now because all the stories that we have and how crazy it's going to get. But we've got this one. If anybody out there is actively wondering how the world's going to end, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like this. Army scientists expect initial results this year on the ultimate one vaccine targeting all coronaviruses. So the army is going to end all disease is their plan. This should end pretty well. It says, we talked about this. I broke this story to you guys earlier when it was announced that the Army was working on this uh, ultimate one-stop shop vaccine against all viruses, which does sound to me like definitely how the zombie apocalypse is going to start. But now they're saying they're going to start testing this year. Army scientists working on a vaccine to target all coronaviruses, including mutations of the one causing COVID and others that may emerge in the future, are finding data from early human trials promising. In what universe... Does this sound like a good PR move for the army with everything going on right now? Is this how the army wants to go out like this with the one mighty all ending of disease vaccine? Are they dumb or what? Ah, they're finding data from human trials promising. They're going to publish the results by the end of the year. Researchers at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research have been working at the since the start of COVID-19 pandemic on a on a pan coronavirus vaccine and are currently analyzing data from phase one clinical trials, which began in April with dozens of volunteers. I wonder what they got paid for that volunteer deal right there. They're, I know, I know it says volunteers, so they didn't get paid, but you know, there was something in there. They're following up with participants to monitor the safety and effectiveness of the new vaccine one month after each received their last dose. So I don't want to go into this article too much. I just want you guys to know that if you see somebody walking around frothing from the mouth, requesting brains, respectfully requesting brains. Petty officer, seaman, schmuckatelli, respectfully requesting brains. Then this person probably recently got the army's ultimate one-stop shop vaccine. There's zero chance that that's going to end well. Oh my gosh. How crazy. Let's see. Let's see what's going on. I just want you guys to know that. I just want you guys to know that. Um, let's see. Justin says super duper sucks to have a personal house chef. Yeah, that's, that doesn't suck. Sam. Whoa. Alrighty. Best part. It's mandatory. Sam says for the vaccine, uh, Buford. So everyone in the army is going to turn into zombies. This is how we create zombies, right? This is how, this is like the start to I am legend. Absolutely. The start to I am legend. I feel like if they make crazy vaccines mandatory, they should allow cannabis use. Oh yeah. I love that. Uh, Buford says, this makes me happy. I live near San Antonio, which is where BRCC is based. Nice. That's awesome. Army will next be injecting horse dewormer into all soldiers. Nice. One vaxxed rules them all. Um, if you if you get offered the armies, the be all you can be vaccine, which is what I hope that they call it. Oh, please call it the be all you can be vaccine. Golly. If they don't call it the be all you can be vaccine, the let's see, the B A uh, the B A U C B. The B A U C B vaccine then they missed a huge opportunity. If you guys get offered the B, I already forgot. If you guys get offered the B, all you can be vaccine, would you take it? Let me know in the comments. This is a, I just, I just, this isn't even a military story. Okay. I, this is from American military news, but I saw this and 
with the way that the world is today, I just had to share this because the news is so jacked up, man. The news is so jacked up. My TikTok got taken down for being too violent. You know, the stuff that goes through the news and gets past the, like the editorial section is crazy. I just wanted to share this because this is an example of the news being straight up ignorant. And I've shared stories with this before, you guys before where I've called out CNN for being the, the bottom of the barrel. It doesn't get worse than CNN. Straight up, does not get worse. That's That's got to be the worst place in the universe calling themselves a news organization. But this one is pretty bad, okay? Security guards shoot maskless man who pulled knife, shouted Allahu Akbar at the Paris railway station. But the key word here apparently is maskless. So we've got security guards at a Paris train station open fire on a maskless man who allegedly refused to cover his face before charging them with a knife. This somehow, this story is that the guy didn't want to put on a mask, so he tried to kill police with a knife, shouting Allahu Akbar. Definitely not a terrorist. You know, excuse me. This is definitely not a terrorist. This is definitely just somebody who's tired of the mask mandates. The violence unfolded just before midnight on Monday between tracks 20 and 21 at the Saint-Lazare station, one of the capital city's busiest stops. Le Parisien reported four officers on patrol at the time approached a man waiting to board a de departing train to Pontois, demanding that he put on a face mask as required under France's COVID safety measures. The suspect refused to comply and instead pulled out a knife and shouted Allah Akbar as he rushed toward the guards who in turn opened fire. He was reportedly struck twice and he was killed. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. The man remained in life-threatening condition as of early Tuesday morning. A motive behind the attack is unknown, though face coverings and mask man mandates have been a point of political contention around the world, especially America, it says, where several states have made it illegal for local municipalities to require masks. Oh, my God. Are you telling me? Is this news organization telling me that this guy who had a knife on them pulled it out and attacked police officers shouting Allah Akbar in France where tons of attacks like this have taken place was provoked by being asked to put on a mask because masks are so political? Is that news? Is that what we're calling news? Are you kidding me? There is zero chance that that's based in reality. Zero chance, zero percent chance. That's a terrorist attack, my dude. That's a terrorist attack. I mean, come on. Like, what do you got to do? What do you have to do to, to just live in reality here, I guess. I don't know. I, I just want to live in reality. I just want to say what's obviously happening right in front of my own eyes. If I see something, see it with my own eyes, hear it with my own ears, people are telling me in their own words what they're doing. Why are we saying it's anything else? It's so crazy. CNN is trash. I've heard some crazy stuff on Fox. No question about it. I don't, I don't, here's the thing though. Why is it if I say something bad about CNN, people go, well, Fox News isn't any better. I didn't, I didn't say anything about Fox News. I didn't mention Fox News. I just said CNN's the worst. Why, how, why does Fox News have to be brought up? Why, is some, why are so many people leaving comments about Fox News all of a sudden? I didn't talk about Fox News. I, I didn't invoke that name. I'm just saying CNN's the worst. CNN's got to be hands down the worst. I'm not here saying Fox News is the best. I just said CNN's the worst. Why are those things so intertwined? Why, why would anybody make the leap that if I insult one, I must like the other? I always wonder that. I always wonder that. It's so weird. Um, let's see. Failure to stop drill, Sam I.M. says. Scuttlebutt is my choice for news. Thanks, MC. Uh, I prefer the Armed Forces Network running 24-7 in the DFAC pro hero. Oh, yeah. Got, AFN always with the best commercials. How crazy does the news have to get until Max goes, I'm done with the internet? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty much there. Speaking of crazy news... Speaking of crazy news, you know, this is, uh, this is pretty crazy news. And I'm looking, at, I'm looking at Sam. I'm looking at Sam and Ark Uncle and all my, and Nuggets and all my Marines, all my devil dogs out there listening to this show on podcast and everything on, uh, on clips and all that stuff. How about this one? U.S. Marines 
decisively beaten by UK and allied troops in a war game that took place a couple uh, re recently. Troops from the US and United Kingdom, Canada, Netherlands, and the United Arab Emirates won decisive victories over US Marines during a five-day war game last month in the Mojave Desert. According to a statement from UK, have you guys heard about this? According to a statement from the UK's Royal Navy on Wednesday, the UK's Royal Marine Commandos working with units from the US, Canada, Netherlands, and UAE joined forces to take on an opposing force, Op 4, of US Marines during exercise Green Dagger at the Marine Training Facility at 29 Palms. The Royal Navy reported the Allied force had gained control of two-thirds of the mock battlefield when the exercise concluded. The UK-based Daily Telegraph reported that within the first four hours of the five-day war game, the Allied force delivered decisive blows against three waves of attack helicopters and drones, forcing the enemy to rethink their strategy, the enemy being the Marines. The fellow UK-based Daily Mail reported, based on unnamed sources, that the Allied force had so much success early on that the US Marines asked to reset the war game halfway through. Oh, that's embarrassing. After having experienced such heavy casualties at the hands of the UK-led allied forces, I fully understand that this things might not be as bad as this article makes them sound. Like, the Marines tried to quit halfway through and ask for a do-over, and they just didn't, they didn't get it. It might not be as bad as they're making it sound, but that's not a good look. That's not the press that you want going out. The war game served as an early test of the Royal Marines Littoral Response Group, a new unit structure. The Royal Marines had spent the prior two months in the Mojave Desert training their new unit structure in preparation for deployment next year. Plus, it's a good, it's a good thing that these are allied forces. So it's only making us better. I should say that too. It's only making the Marines better by, uh, by experiencing these losses in training so that they can be stronger in, in real life. The UK has two LRG formations known as LRG North and LRG South. The North is already fully functional and the South is expected to be fully functional next year with the addition of amphib ships and aircraft. The Royal Marine Forces in recent war game represented LRGS. One thing that's interesting here that we never really, uh, that we never really, well, I guess maybe we do talk about it. I, don't, I talk about it, but and people talk about it, I guess, but you don't really hear about it in the mainstream too much or you don't really hear anybody having serious conversations about it is in Afghanistan, we had uncontested control of the air. And Iraq, too, effectively. Uncontested control of the air. Okay? Hel helicopters would get shot down sometimes. But I'm talking at 20,000 feet, 30,000 feet, no question, no threat. We owned the sky. And that is, I hope, something that nobody takes for granted. For the guys on the ground... You know, having aircraft overhead is the biggest weapon that you carry into the battlefield. That's why I say the radio is the biggest weapon you carry into the battlefield, because you can rain machine guns, rockets, missiles, bombs from the sky on guys all day long with those aircraft that you'll, you might never even see them or hear them. You might never even know that they're there and they're dropping ordnance on bad guys for you and providing you ISR, letting you know where the enemy is, all that stuff. It sounds here like they tried to send in drones and helos and just lost miserably there. So then you got to go, well, that's not good. That's, that's not good at all. Now, who knows what the stipulations of this war game are? Like, I remember there was a story recently that the manned pilots were defeated by the drone pilots every time, but it was like a very specific scenario that the drones were, that the AI, machine learning drones or whatever, were... Um, programmed to basically win, like it, within the limitations of the of the war game scenario. I don't know. Maybe the Marines didn't have access to all of their tools. Maybe they didn't have aircraft. Maybe they were like, and oh, maybe they were like god gunning their radios. You know, you call it the god gun. The instructor has the god gun. You're dead. You're dead. Your leg's broken. Your radio doesn't work. And you all you all just dropped crypto. It doesn't go into all these details, okay? But if there's one piece of press. That's not good to have come out is that you asked to, for a do-over halfway through. You do not want that. You do not want to come out that you, you were like, you know, we're, <laughs> we're not coming back from this one. Can we just, can we reset? Can we index and reset this whole thing? According to the Royal Navy statement, 
The LRG and its allied forces won early decisive battles before the U.S. Marines began pushing back into allied territory. The allied forces were able to conduct raids behind enemy lines that eventually stopped the U.S. counter. The game ended after allied forces repelled a final U.S. assault. Our success has proved the new commando force concept is more lethal and sophisticated than ever before, and I am immensely proud of every member of the LRG and their vital contribution, said Lieutenant Colonel Andy Dow, the commanding officer of the Royal Marines 40 Commando. And, and good for commandos, too. They're, they're hardcore. UK commandos are definitely legit. So it's nothing to, it's not like getting beat by uh, some startup country, like Facebook's Metaverse Army or something like that. It's not, uh, it's not as bad as that. Operating alongside our partners from USA, Netherlands, Canada, and the UAE, UAE gives us a fantastic opportunity to test, integrate, and continue to push our capabilities in new and innovative directions. Throughout this deployment, our focus has been on integrating game-changing capabilities from across the commando force to deliver disproportional effect in the face of a free-thinking peer adversary, Dow added. So, interesting. Sorry for the Marines. Sam in the comments says, I'll see myself out. <laughs> so, it's a, a tough L. A tough and rare L, a rare big L for the Marines in a ground battle against the UK, but that's an allied force. So you can't be too, you can't be too mad about losing in training to an allied force. There's a lot of positives to that too, to consider they have, they're, they're a strong military. They're a strong, sophisticated, first world, first world military. I don't know the stipulations of this war game. I don't know the manpower. I don't know what they did and did not have access to as far as capabilities goes. But the press right now on that is not good. So just, you know, dig your foxhole with your E-Tool Marines and just, you know, lay low for a minute until the fire from this story it, uh, slows down. Um, let's see. What's going on in the comments here? Let's see, let's see, let's see. RM says, speaking of CNN, what do you think of the journalism related to the horse dewormer Joe Rogan article? Uh, let's save that for Quanda. What do you guys think about that? Ask me again on Quanda, Q&A Friday. Sam IM says, LMAO, LMAO, we got rolled. Justin Max, were you ever out in El Centro with Prince Harry? No, I was not. Uh, I don't remember. When did that happen? Sam IM, I hated that we asked to reset. Enemy always gets a vote. Hell, that's what they taught us. Yes, absolutely. I could see how the Marine leadership on the ground was like, well, this isn't even going to be good training anymore. Like we lost, like we're not going to, we're not going to gain anything else out of this. So they probably wanted another chance and they probably thought, well, we're not even going to pose a real threat to them. So they're not even going to get anything out of it either, but Hey, might as well see how this thing plays out in real life. At least now, you know, which of your commanders wants to reset. Uh, that's one thing too, is somewhere out there, there's a Colonel, who asked for a reset. And uh, and that's not a good look. Retreat hell. Royal Marines are honestly badass too. Owned, I totally agree. That's because they aren't flying the drones in the building. <laughs> good thing we do a lot of these war games. They happen often from the company level to the division level. Yep. Let's see. Marines had to unplug the console for a reset. Ha, <laughs> Justin says. Yes, absolutely. Sam, we have endurance course in Quantico and they always crush our run times. Nice. That's interesting. Buford, I find it odd that Bush Sr., who was the director of the CIA, eventually became president. That's a whole nother story. Um, that's hilarious that we demanded a redo. It's okay, though. We shall ignore it for our birthday. That's right. Marine Corps birthday coming up in about a, nine days, huh? So I love, oh man, we have to get moving. I love Black Rifle Coffee. I drink it daily. I pretty much drink Black Rifle Coffee daily and, uh, and I really enjoy their company. I enjoy their content. I enjoy Coffee or Die magazine. We do articles from them sometimes. Now, they've been they they've raised the bar. Check this out. Veteran-owned Black Rifle Coffee to go public with a 1.7 billion dollar SPAC deal. You can now effectively own their stock. Veteran-owned and military-oriented company, Black Rifle Coffee is set to become a publicly traded company through a merger with a special purpose acquisition company called Silverbox Engaged, the Wall Street Journal reported. The merger will give the company a $1.7 billion evaluation in coffee, the world's largest traded commodity. On Tuesday, the company tweeted, big things are brewing this week. We're going public in partnership with Silverbox Engaged, more coffee, more veteran hiring, and more support for our veterans organizations, hashtag America's Coffee. 
Love that. And look at this photo here with the uh, with the explosion going on behind them. Those probably garbage bags full of uh, diesel fuel or gasoline or something like that blowing up. Black Rifle Coffee Company has built its brand through products geared toward the military community, such as its AK-47 Espresso and Silencer Smooth Blends. The company, I'm drinking just black this morning. The company has also caught attention for its military-themed marketing campaign. Black Rifle Coffee has also carried over its military-focused image to its hiring practices. Approximately half of the company's current employees are veterans. In an interview with Wall Street Journal, Black Rifle Coffee founder Army and U.S. Army Green Beret veteran Evan Hafer said he expects to continue hiring veterans by taking the company public. He says, this just reaffirms my commitment to that promise. So good for Black Rifle Coffee. Shout out to them. They already have, I think, seven in-person locations, storefronts that you can go to, as well as I can currently buy their coffee at the exchange here in Okinawa. So they are going big time. Shout out to them. Maybe I should have invested in them instead of America's Armed Forces Brewing Company or whatever I spent $500 on. I don't even know what's going on with that. They're not really doing anything. God, it was a waste of money. All right, guys. So that's that story. Do you guys like Black Rifle Coffee? Leave it in the comments. Justin says, contrary thought, the Marines acted like they lost just like older brothers do, so they will keep playing. Interesting. Could be. BRCC is the greatest coffee I've ever had. I, I bought yesterday. I suggest you all do too. They have some of the greatest marketing ever. Yeah, I think uh, if you do buy stocks, maybe own a little uh, Black Rifle Coffee. Only way to drink it is black. The only way to drink coffee is black. I totally agree with that. I used to be a creamer person, you know, some hazelnut, some French vanilla, but no, black coffee is the only way to go. Yesterday, we got to get, we got to get moving if we're going to finish the show on time. Yesterday, big day, big day if you're a political person. Apparently in Virginia, some shit went down and now we've got a brand new lieutenant governor. And it's an interesting story. Former Marine Sears becomes first female lieutenant governor of Virginia. That's cool. Republican Winsome Sears, who returned to Virginia politics after an absence of nearly two decades, has become the first female lieutenant governor and the first woman of color to win stateside office in Virginia. It's just sad that now she's going to be labeled a white supremacist somehow in the universe. The Republican rocketed out of political obscurity to win the GOP nomination on the strength of a campaign photo in which she posed holding a military rifle. It's badass. A former Marine, because she's a Marine and so is her husband, Sears also highlighted her background as a Jamaican immigrant campaigning against illegal immigration and rejecting the notion that the nation is plagued by systemic racism. Sears had a brief stint in electoral politics 20 years ago as a one-term delegate in the General Assembly representing the parts of Hampton Roads. Her return to politics after a two-decade absence began when she served as a national chairperson for black Americans to re-elect President Trump. Sears defeated Democrat Hala Ayala in Tuesday's election. Ayala also would have been the first female lieutenant governor and first woman of color to hold statewide office if she had won. So it sounds like two women of color going for the first lieutenant governor spot that, you know, somebody like that would hold. But it went to a conservative um, uh, winsome here. Sears will succeed Democrat Justin Fairfax, who unsuccessfully ran for governor. The marquee election Tuesday was the gubernatorial race, which Republican candidate Glenn Youngkin defeated Terry McAuliffe. And this has been like all over the news and all this stuff. And I don't want to get into the politics of uh, Youngkin versus McAuliffe and all this stuff and Republican versus Democrat. I just wanted to highlight that the first black female elected to the seat of lieutenant governor in Virginia was a Marine. How cool is that? A conservative Marine. I, it's interesting, right? Like of all the, because Virginia has been like a, a very democratic state for as long as I can ever remember. My wife's from Virginia, very liberal in Virginia as far as politics go for the most part. And there's conservative parts too, but very liberal with their politics. And now they have completely switched and elected a rifle-toting uh, African-American female Marine and her Marine husband into office of lieutenant governor. So obviously, there's been some massive shift in the way that they view their politics. And, uh, and what's really crazy is I've already heard on the news all this stuff about, you know, first of all, Dave Chappelle being called a white supremacist. My head exploded off of the top of my neck. It did like... A hundred flips in the air 
and you know, I, I was still good. I could still see all this. It landed back down perfectly on my neck to the point where it reattached. And in that journey through the air, when my head exploded, hearing that Dave Chappelle was a white supremacist, I thought now there's no limit. There's no, nothing in, is reality anymore. Nothing makes sense. And now, you know, uh, Winsome Sears, who is the Republican Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, is going to be berated, bashed in the media, all this stuff, as a racist, white supremacist, all this stuff. Um, and it just makes me sad. It just makes me sad to see. So shout out to her. Bravo, Zulu. Give her a super legit from the ceiling for making, uh, making it into politics and running a good race. And, and, uh, and now we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it's just best for the people of Virginia. That's all I, that's all I think anybody cares about is at the end of the day, how are people doing? Are they doing better or are they doing worse? Are people's lives getting better or worse? And I don't think the government should be the one to dictate if your life is good or bad. I think that the government's role should be to get out of your way so you can pursue your dreams, to tear down as many obstacles as possible so that nothing stands in your way of achieving your full potential. And now stuff like telling people that work ethic is racist and hard work is hate speech and all this stuff, man, I'll just tell you, I was thinking about this before the show started. I'll just tell you guys one thing. In the Navy, I remember working with people who, you know, to, and, and this is based around the idea that telling people that work ethic and hard work and character, it, you know, it's people saying that that doesn't matter and that, you know, uh, it's all about equality and equity and all the equity and all this stuff. I worked with people in the Navy who would sit around and do nothing. And then they would say, hey, I could work my ass off and do all, do everything. I'm still getting the same paycheck as you. And I'd be like, you're absolutely right. And now you just have to look at yourself in the mirror and you have to go put your head down the pillow and sleep every night. And, uh, and if you're cool with that, then by all means, live your life. But that's not me. I can't sit around and just not do anything, not do my best, just because there won't be any consequences. So that's me. That's just me. And I worked with so many people in the Navy like that. And I did not respect those people. I do not think that they had good character. And so for me, when I, when I think about people, you know, you could say work ethic, whatever. You could say all these different traits. But it really seems like the only one that matters at the end of the day because people go, you know, you should be judged by your merits and your accomplishments or whatever. And I, and I could see an argument against that, against merit-based hiring, or not against it, not against merit-based hiring, but I could see hiring people who, who don't already have the accomplishments and the merits that would make them the best choice. Because ultimately, what I would like to have is somebody with the highest level of character. And I think a lot of businesses echo that. That's why there's so many training programs in private businesses. That's why so many businesses offer these pathways to employment in that business. Like, come work for us. We're going to send you to school, technical training, then you'll work for us, okay? And as long as you work for us for four or five years, all that training is free. And that is a good way to do it, I think. Hiring people off of character, okay? If you didn't get good grades, if you didn't graduate high school, because how many great people did I work with in the military who didn't get good grades and had GEDs and stuff like that and never went to college, the smartest people I ever met in my life. And some of those people found the only pathway to success for them was basically a trade school. And that trade school is the military. And that's what it is. You join the military, you learn a trade, you do your job, you pay it back through work, and then you're free to go do whatever you want afterwards. That's not merit-based. People in the military aren't hired off of merit. They're hired off of, well, I mean, for one, they're just willing. They're just a willing soul who wants to come in. And they got a decent enough ASVAB score to qualify for, you know, have, basically having the best chance at succeeding at that training and getting into the fleet or whatever. But you, you are judged just basically on, you know, character. Do you look at your background? Have you lived a relatively good life, you know? And then if so, we'll, we'll take it. And we'll give you a shot. The military is like, it's so funny because for all of the things that the military has that make like conservative minded people love it, although not really anymore. Now they kind of hate it. 
But for all the things that make people in, who are conservative love the military and, you know, God bless America, which I'm all God bless America, salute the flag, all that stuff. I love it. But those same people seem to not realize that the military is a total socialist system where you're hired and paid off of a rank structure, not off of your accomplishments. And then you're recruited and given a trade for free. And then you get free food, free housing, all this stuff, and you work for the system in return. It's a completely socialist system. So it's kind of, it's, it's super ironic. I don't know. It's just, it's just funny the way that things work out. Um, and then I think that everyone should, everyone at the end of the day should just look at the military and go, see kind of like how it really is as far as what we're talking about in politics now. Paying, paying people free education, free food, free follow-on education doesn't even have to do with their job, free healthcare. And then in, in, on the backside, you work and you go do this job for them. And then if people in the private sector do that, they go, that's socialism. We can't have that. But it's like how the military runs. So it's kind of weird. Um, all right. <laughs> we'll, stop. we'll stop there with that one and move on to the next thing. Uh, there's a good movie called Thank You for Smoking. It's a movie about media political spin. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. To spin Dave Chappelle as a racist is absolute spin and craziness. Totally. MC says, same, let me know if you have any recommendation as well. All about books. Work ethic matters so much, Sam says. The Dave Spell special made me cry, not going to lie. I think that a good message, MC says. I like it too. Sam says, I'm currently reading the book War on the Run. It's about Major Robert Rogers and his brutal fight against the French in the sub-freezing temperature of the colonial Northern America. Very violent. Interesting, Sam. Sam says, Dave Spell's recent stand-up was very moving. Buford says, I don't have anyone in my family with a bachelor's degree, and they all make six figures except for one of my brothers. Justin says, I sometimes also think of it as the biggest union as well, the Chiefs Mess and the First Class Association. Yeah, it's interesting. That's very true, too. Pay your dues, get the benefits, get the jobs, get the promotions, all that stuff. Let's see, Sam. Uh, there's always those who slip past the cracks, Owen says. So one more story today, and it's not really a story. It's just kind of something positive to talk about before we go. Because next week, one week from today, my time, is Veterans Day. Veterans Day 2021. Veterans Day 2017 was the first time the Scuttlebutt Show ever went on air. So next Veterans Day, next week, I should say, when Veterans Day comes around, will be the four-year anniversary of the Scuttlebutt Show. Four years I've been doing this. Can you guys believe that? So what are you going to do for Veterans Day to celebrate? I would love to hear it. Are you going to do this? A roundup of free eats and discounts on Veterans Day. Are you going to make your rounds starting early in the morning at IHOP and just going everywhere you can get a free meal and just eat yourself into oblivion on Veterans Day? What are you guys going to do? Tell me your Veterans Day plans in the comments. Here's a list of some of the restaurants across the country that offer free eats or discounts to all veterans and active duty service members on November 11th. So we've got Applebee's, Bob Evans, Bombshells, BJ's, Buffalo Wild Wings, B-Dubs, California Pizza Kitchen, Kitchen, Cattleman's, Chili's, Chop House, Cotton Patch Cafe, Country Kitchen, Cracker Barrel, Denny's, Dunkin' Donuts. Ooh, Dunkin' Donuts. I wonder if the uh, Dunkin' Donuts on base will have it. Golden Corral. Get that uh, buffet and get super sick. Fazoli's, Hooters. Come on. You know Hooters. The line for Hooters will be around the block. IHOP, Krispy Kreme, Little Caesars, Logan's, Longhorn Steakhouse, Lucille's Barbecue, McCormick's, and Schmick's, which Schmick's, like what a Schmick, sounds like an insult. Miller's Ale House, Mission Barbecue, O'Charlie's, Olive Garden, Outback Steakhouses, Pilot, Red Robin, Red Lobster, anything with red in it, Sheets, Shoney's, Texas Roadhouse, TGI Fridays, Veterans Canteen Service, Wendy's, ooh, Wendy's, and the Yard House. So you guys can go get some Yard House beers. What are you going to do on Veterans Day? What on that list is your favorite restaurant to go to? I would love to hear from you. Let me know. I'm curious to see. I have always tried to hit one of those Applebee's or something like that on Veterans Day and get that free meal. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. Um, can't argue with that. Love some free food. Free food just tastes better. Let's be real. Free, fruit, free food just tastes better. So let me know. Let me know what you guys are going to do. What are you going to uh, enjoy that day? What's going on here in the comments? It's per uh, let's see. Four years. Let's play squad. Oh, that sounds awesome. Burn one down. Justin says, excellent. I'm next to the beach. I'll wait for a New England blizzard. Do you play, do you play with viewers? Battlefield comes out this month. So uh, 
Call of Duty Vanguard comes out tomorrow, I believe. We'll be doing that. And I do play with viewers. Um, we play squad with a scuttlebutt squad every Tuesday night, United States time. So feel free to jump on squad with us. And whenever I'm playing these games, yeah, jump on with me. I'm happy to play with anybody who wants to play. I'll definitely be playing Battlefield a lot when it comes out. Let's see. We recorded how much you like pancakes from yesterday's game, Ica says. Um, or Sam I.M. says about Ica. Let's see. I'm meeting with my DAR chapter, and we are getting together donations for local VAs. MC, that's awesome. Good good job. Bravo Zulu to MC. MC always out there doing good work for people. Buford says, I'll be volunteering to feed the homeless just like I do every Thanksgiving morning. That's awesome, Buford. Good, good for you. That's, that's great. I think that's a great way to spend Thanksgiving morning. Absolutely. You can't beat it. It's the 100th anniversary of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. I did not know that. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Thank you all for being here today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope all you Marines out there are doing okay. It's bad. Giving up, giving up halfway through the fight. Come on, that's bad. That's bad press. I hope you guys learned something today. I hope you guys had a good show. I hope you guys are getting ready for the weekend, which is coming up before you know it. For me, it's tomorrow. It's going to be an exciting weekend. I've got a lot going on. It's super cool. I'm going to make you guys a nice vlog video behind the scenes this week. If you're patrons or members, you can see those. There's already a few up, so make sure you guys go check those out. And also, please check out scuttlebuttshow.com for all the merch that we have for the show. That website has grown tremendously. There is so much stuff on there now. Please go check it out if you haven't been there in a while. Scuttlebuttshow.com. All men's, women's accessories, kids' clothing on there. Go check it out. We'll probably have a Veterans Day sale next week. So make sure you get some cool merch or maybe save it up for Veterans Day. And I'll, maybe we'll do like 10% or something like that. Definitely going to do something. So go check it out. It would mean a lot to me. With all that being said, I look forward to talking to you guys next time. And for now, that's the scuttlebutt.